Hi, everyone. This is Angela Hopke. I just wanted to give you a heads up that the podcast that you're about to listen to is a recording that we did with my friend Christy a few weeks ago. Uh, we had to delay the podcast. So those of you um, out there may have already listened to this one because you may have caught it in that small time frame that it was available. Um, but if you haven't listened to it yet, that's the podcast you're about to listen to. If you've already listened to this one, go ahead and skip it and we'll catch you next week. I see <clears throat> I see you've typed up no notes for this. Oh, I sent I sent a text to Christy. Oh, okay. Does that count? That counts. <laughs> wow, Angela. Good work. You're listening to Fixing Faxes, a podcast on the journey of building a digital health startup with your hosts, myself, Angela Hopke, and Jonathan Bowers. And today, I'm excited to say that we have a guest with us. Christy Eamon is joining us today. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. Can you tell everyone just a little bit about you, where you're at right now, and then we're going to talk about how we met, and we're going to go into a few other things around why we talk every week. Let's talk about how we met. We actually met at MetaBridge, a conference uh, out of Kelowna last year. I think it was the 10th year anniversary when we met. Patio overlooking the lake, gorgeous. You spotted me from across the room. It was love at first sight. One one tall female founder to another tall female founder where I don't feel like I'm overpowering the room and we connected and that was it. Are you also tall? Yes. Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan are you tall or are you short? And this is intimidating. I am um, medium height. I'm five foot eight and three quarters. That actually that, counts. Yeah, That's the three quarters good. counts. The, the three quarters count? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Christy, tell me who who are you? What what are you doing? So my name is Christy Eman. Founded a tech company two years ago, and we've pivoted the company one massive pivot. We believe there are two types of people in the world. You're either someone that would do the work to sell your used items, or you ultimately can't be bothered. And our technology connects those two groups. Cool. I like how concise that was. She's been practicing. Yes, she has rehearsed this. No, I've just, I've said it a million times. It's my <laughs> only thing. It's the only scripted thing in my life. I honestly thought you were going to go into a 15 minute pitch there for one moment. I was like, oh, and here we go. We are about to hear the high on pitch, everyone. I loved it. How'd you get started? How long ago? A couple of years ago, we had a new baby and a three-year-old, and they have a lot of stuff. And so we had um, been introduced to consignment events for kids, thought it was magical, created our own, developed software for our event, realized we never want to run events. Software could be interesting, realized the software market for consignment events is not big enough to be interesting. So we pivoted the company to consignment and, and uncovered that there's these two groups of people. And so if you're someone that can't be bothered, you're pulling up to Value Village and ringing the doorbell or stuffing your stuff in the bins in the corner of a, of a parking lot. I am a stuff your stuff in a bin. We call you Jordan. And if you're, oh, okay. uh, if you're someone who, who's super active on, <laughs> on marketplaces, you're, you're on Facebook Marketplace, Kijiji, Craigslist. You brag about how much money you make on these platforms. And uh, we call those people Allison. So our world revolves around Jordans and Allison's. I love it. And your software connects Jordans to Allison's because Jordans like myself do not want to be bothered with going on to Facebook Marketplace and taking the time to list products and deal with people 
<laughs> I like humans. I don't like people. And, and they connect somebody like myself to somebody, an Allison, that really likes doing this kind of stuff, really loves going on and selling stuff. And so your, your product connects those two types of people. Where are you guys at right now? The product is built products built. So we're in a commercialized beta, primarily in Saskatchewan, but we do find ourselves coast to coast. We're kind of sprinkled all over the place. And we are starting um, our integration to, uh, into accepting payments in the States. So we'll be crossing borders in a few weeks Ooh, here. We haven't talked about that yet. That's fun. Well, this, this is my weekly update. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's tuning in now to the conversation that Christy and I have each week. I'm excited to be along for the ride here a little bit and listen listen to the conversation that you two are having. But I, I am curious that what you're describing is that sort of classic two-sided market. How did you figure out how to put the chicken before the egg in this two-sided market? As far as where we go first, like who are we trying to attract first? Yeah, like how do you get these two sides together when you don't have enough of one to entice the other? So... Our focus has primarily been on Allison's. So how can we pull these people out of the weeds who are extremely proficient at selling online? And by developing that network of Allison's, we can then start to attract Jordans. So as soon as someone requests a pickup and says, hey, I have uh, a snowboard I need some help selling, or I have a bunch of kids stuff, or I have some farm equipment, we can go into our Allison network and say, okay, who can we match this Jordan with? So right now, a lot of those processes are still manual, but we're starting to develop um, algorithms to, to create an auto matching. And so we've been focused on Allison's because there are far more Jordans in this world than there are Allison's. Drawing similarities, Jonathan? It's interesting because like the Allison's in this case, they don't necessarily need the Jordans in order to be in the system, I suppose. And But a and Jordan it, needs an Allison. Yeah, Jordan needs an Allison. But is it possible that the Allison's can scale a little bit across geographies? Can they do the work without having to be in the same city as, as someone else? A hundred percent. And that was actually an aha moment for us when COVID hit. Ah. And we had Allison's and Jordan saying, hey, I, I don't want to meet anyone. I don't want to touch someone else's stuff. Right. How can we do this without actually meeting face to face? And that, then we started looking at that. So yeah, you know, someone in Vancouver could be selling for someone in Toronto. So about a year ago, Christy and I started these discussions. Well, we met, at, as she mentioned, Metabridge, and then quickly realized we were at a very similar place with both our technology and our products, but also our lives too. So as Christy mentioned, she has two small children who happen to be two lovely little girls. And I also have two small children who happen to be lovely little girls. And so it just made a lot of sense for Christy and I to be connecting each week to talk about not only where we were with the product and the struggles and the the bumps that we were having along the the way there, but also balancing as, and in, just in the last podcast, we talked about that balance of, of work and life and how those lines can get blurry and how to create buffer and, and space and margin in our lives. And part of that for me is actually talking to Christy each week and talking about what she's going through, what I'm going through and how, and just bouncing ideas off of each other. Yeah. Christy, did you want to, do you want to expand on that? Yeah, I think what was fascinating, because if you think about where we were at when we met May or June last year, we both had an idea of the space we were in and how we were going to grow. And that was it. <laughs> at the time, and that was it. At the time, I was working with three junior developers, didn't have a senior dev, no CTO, frustrated out of my mind with Same. trying to manage a tech company. 
And, <laughs> and each week, so we'd come together and talk about our challenges and talk about struggles in our tech, struggles with our team, struggles at home, in life. And it would be like neck and neck. I'm experiencing this. We'd help each other. It also, I think, helped both of us determine the types of companies we wanted to build because we went from being Definitely. a small B2B to pivoting into a consumer marketplace and finding, mm -hmm. you know, finding a very strong technical co-founder. We're now a team of nine. And how many times, like you've helped me fire people. You've like talked me through how to dynamically change the way I'm growing my company. And so it's been so interesting, although we're growing differently in different verticals, different ways, differently. we've come together sure. and helped each other a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was wild too. We both launched our products within weeks. I think it was Christy of each other. Was it not? Like, well, yeah, you were trying to do it on the same day as me. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Back off. That's how Angela does things. <laughs> this is my time, Angela. Get out of here. I, I made a comment about what were we talking about our user focus group that we're doing shortly? Yeah. And and you got all offended that we had more users, but then your users were were doing something that ours weren't. Anyways, we're just competing. <laughs> oh, there every was. Week. We were gonna do a tally of who won that week. Which I'm, was your right. idea, by the way, not How do mine. You, are you just tallying like achievements or milestones, or just, we decided just it was all of things. that? Okay, <laughs> whatever you want. It's like it's like three year olds playing a board game. We just make up the rules as well. Oh, yeah, I love that. definitely. Yeah, no, it was you had launched your product and you had you said, oh, Angela, like I have all these users on that are all of a sudden using it. I don't even know where they came from. They're just like on the platform and they're using it and blah blah blah. And I was like are you kidding me? Do you know what it takes for me to get a user on? And you're just <laughs> like, oh, mine are just, you know, joining. And I don't even know who, th this is not the way you talk, by the way. I don't even know why I'm giving you that voice. But yeah, you're just like talking about all these users that were on. And I, I yeah, I was a bit like, I had a bit of um, user envy. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> if it is, I had it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> And so then you, yeah, so then that's when we were talking about that. And I think my win that week was personal. I think I had a personal win and you were like, oh, fine. Well, look at you. <laughs> so yeah, back to like kind of timelines and along that line. What's uh, Another thing that has happened, which I thought was really funny, was Christy mentioned really early uh, on in, in when she was describing high on about the manual processes. And, and you're still doing a little bit of manual processes and you're talking about, you know, setting in, you know, almost this matching algorithm, which is hilarious because that's exactly really what Clinect does is it matches referring providers, patient referrals to specialists. And so, yeah, I remember having this long conversation with you about, I'm like, well, you can't do that manually. And we were just brainstorming around how you could also do something very similar, similar in your market that we were already doing in a very different industry in a very different market but these are the kind of conversations that we have that we have each week and I know for me and my own mental health it has been incredible to have another woman that is a, you know a non-technical founder with a family building a product do, doing the really really hard work right now and putting in the hours and putting in the time and the energy all the energy and just being able to almost share that with with somebody else I know for me has been made a huge difference yeah totally totally and I think it's interesting too. You have you bring a to you bring a very different perspective. This is the a third business that I've started. I've sold one, and um, never sold to government. I mean, sales and marketing to my core, not processes, not details, ideas. Like, 
And so I, we get on a call and I tell you that I've landed a, a pilot project with the government of Saskatchewan and you look like you're going to throw up. <laughs> and it's like, Christy, have you thought of the things? And I'm, I'm like, well, what things? What are, you, what are you talking about? Why are you disgusted right now? And you just bring a totally different perspective and help me think through a way to position a conversation, a way to think about a pilot project, a way to, to just have a different way of looking at my business because this is an area that I am so in over my head and learning every day. I feel like I've earned five degrees in the last two years. Oh, and uh, right. one of them has been from you. Oh, my heart is so warmed right now. Thank you. Oh, you, br- you bring a totally different lens than I do. Cause I remember the one day, oh my gosh, you were like, well, Angela, like, are you going out and you're talking to your customers, right? You're like, you're getting that feedback and you're talking to your customers and you always drill that into my head. And I was like, "Mm, no, (laughs) not that much. And you're like, well, (laughs) yeah, I said, help me, help me do a script. And you're like, what are you scripting? Well, I'm calling, I'm calling these users and we got to figure out what I need to know. Like, what are the things I need to know? I said, how do you call your users? Um, I just email them. You email your you, yeah, or they email me and give this me This is so that. embarrassing. Like, it's so true. And then you were like, well, who? T- you don't talk to your users? And you said, who uh, talks to your users? And I was like, I have some really great partners that go out and do, the, do that hard work for me. But after we had that conversation, and I haven't told you this yet, after we had that conversation, it resonated with me. And you know what I did the next day is I wrote thank you notes. And I put together little gifts for our very first, the beta users that came on, the ones that were like, we'll take a chance on you and we'll, we'll be there with you when you launch your product. So we put together like these really lovely gift bags and I hand wrote like a full note to them and so just explaining how grateful I was that they were um, going to take a chance on, on our product with us. And, uh, but that was only because you prompted that idea in my head. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know what? Contrary to that, you know what I did this What's last that? week? We have a, a user who kind of has broken all the rules and asked for all the things that we're not building. So I finally told him that he's not an ideal user of ours. Oh, you fired a user. Yeah. And, and very kindly, I said, um, he's a, you know, in some ways you are ideal. A lot of feedback, a lot of um, suggestions you've helped kind of us think right. about our business in a different way, but but you're you're not the type of person totally. we're looking to attract. This isn't, uh, yeah. So you're right. Th- you're writing thank you notes, and I'm firing users. Maybe we're rubbing off on each other too much. <laughs> I remember now, Angela, when you were when you were thinking about going to MetaBridge, you went there, and I remember you came back and you said, "Oh, it was so great. I met I met my BFF. I have a crush. I met my tech on- BFF. Yeah, I think you used the word crush, maybe." Yeah, it was very sweet. And but I anyways, my my question is like, that seems like this serendipitous connection that happened at this event that that is designed to do that. Like the one thing that MetaBridge, I think, to its credit is it it tries to create these opportunities for people to meet in this way. So I think in that way, it's very curated. Yeah, very successful experience for you. How do you think you can do that? again especially now oh. in covid like ha- like that like this this story listen to you listening to you two talk just it just sounds amazing and, and i'm a little bit jealous in some ways how does someone do this again like how do you do this and now right to have to have someone to call up how do you find that person how do you create that serendipity during covid you know i think i can't even tell you how many times people have asked me how to network 
because in the probably in the year, year and a half where we've really been a part of the Canadian tech ecosystem, I've punched above my weight on multiple occasions every week, almost every day, making connections, referring other people. And I think it, it has to be part of you. You have to be curious. You have to want it and genuinely have an interest for, re- for reaching out. When someone taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, you know, are you mentoring people or can we grab a coffee? You know, in my heart, I want to do that, but I better know that this is a this is a two-way relationship. Somehow I can help you. And at the end of the day, I'm either going to feel good about helping you or there's some reciprocation to that relationship. And especially now, the busier you get, the more things on your agenda. It just has to make sense. And so I think if you're wanting to have an Angela Christie connection, it's it just has to be so genuine. And you Love almost that. can't go out looking for it. It just has you've got to you've got to show up. You have to put yourself in positions where it can happen. And and you just genuinely it needs to be you both have to want it for the right reasons and those things had better match do you think that we would have found this match if we wouldn't have met in person though no I wouldn't have known how tall you were right I wouldn't have known how tall you were no that doesn't make a difference Jonathan he's looking at us like this makes a difference um (laughs) I feel like magic happens in person in ways that it can't happen on zoom listen i'm super thankful for the connections that i've made and the, and the new connections um that that covid has allowed to happen but there's something that happens when there's no timeline we're sitting over drinks we're yes. out in a city that we've never been to and we can just explore yep. and learn together and you spend that two hours together and then you become lifelong friends from being in person mm-hmm. so i can't say yep. that i've made a connection in a digital world where i feel like oh if I go to, you know, next time I'm in Montreal, I'll totally look you up. That 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 hasn't happened for me in the last few months. I think I got to agree. Um, replicated person. Yeah. So we just have to. So wait. to answer your just question, Jonathan, out. we gotta wait. <laughs> That's disappointing. I, I, we're, no, we're, put put a put a mask on. Get on a plane. Yeah, get a, okay. Put a mask on. <laughs> 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 but it's true. Yeah. To, I I I think that is the one thing that technology just absolutely cannot replicate is the in-person connections that that do happen and and I think our whole world is suffering from that right now and it's it's pretty difficult I don't yeah I don't think I could I could have met Christy another way Jonathan ask another interesting question oh my uh, (laughs) god I had I had one written down but we've kind of moved past it I was going to ask about your user persona your customer personas but move past that you know, there's something interesting. Let's talk about personas because we've had kind of That's a, um, I'm, I'm re refining our pitch deck right now. Okay. And I've had this moment of recognizing we have a government opportunity. We have some corporate opportunities and we are primarily a consumer. Correct. Company. And so you talk to investors right now and they're like, well, are you B2C? Are you B2B? Are you B2G? And oh, well, I'm B2B, could be B2G. And it all filters back to B2C. <laughs> yep. And if you're non-tech and listening to this, that sounds like alphabet soup, but that's how this world works. Google it. And so what I've recognized is that if you if you know your persona so well, like we know our Jordans yep. and Allison's, by the way, everyone in Saskatchewan knows who Jordan and Allison are. Everyone knows. And you can start to think about those personas as being more than just a person. And Allison can now become a, a ministry in government. A Jordan can become some department within a corporation. And you can start to think about what motivates that persona, what's curious to that persona, what do they really want? And so rather than thinking of that as like a person and how am I going to get that person, you just get to know this problem so intensely. And it's less about, you know, 
are, do they have blonde hair? How old are they? And it's more about like, what's the core makeup of this department or this, this ideal user. And that's been a shift that we've gone through in the last couple of weeks. And it's fascinating. How are investors responding to that when you, when you start talking about going after uh, B2B, B2C, B2G, and they're like, oh, I, here's my perception. One, I, I don't care because if I don't have enough time with them to actually have them understand mm-hmm. what we're doing, they would perceive it as being scattered and, and unfocused mm-hmm. and not seeing the direct correlation. If I have more than five or 10 minutes to actually talk about all three opportunities, you can see how our, any one of these avenues filter directly back into our core product. Mm-hmm. And if you can see that uh, this government opportunity is essentially an Allison at scale, oh, for sure. at, at some massive scale, this becomes really interesting because now we're accessing hundreds of thousands of products, um, filtering it back into a core product that can then service the needs of, of that user. So does it matter that they're government? Well, you know, it, it could change the sales cycle. But is it interesting for us to observe what's happening with those processes, you know, put some cash in the bank and help us learn more about about our market. It's fascinating. And I think any investor that gets curious about why we're looking at these three options can see why we're starting with Jordan's and Allison's, but could also understand why I'm why I'm spending some time dabbling in, in other opportunities. And Chrissy, just for everyone that's going to be listening to this, they're going to go, what is this government opportunity? And they're probably going to be trying to put this into their in, you know, and understand this in their head. So talk a little bit about how this came up and what what the problem is with with uh, government and used goods so innovation saskatchewan had a few years ago started this thing called mist made in saskatchewan technology where they make it easier for tech companies in saskatchewan to pitch to government and enter into these projects and so we got into conversation with them one day and and you know what happens with government used assets how are they sold how are they recirculated and recognize there's a huge opportunity um, to provide more transparency. So whether it's theft or donations that shouldn't be happening, or it's an archaic, you know, auction system of ridding of them, you've got things selling for a dollar that probably should have sold for 200. You have things selling for 5,000 that should have sold for 20,000. And so it, there were just all these things that have changed over the last 15, 20 years, and the tech doesn't reflect, um, you know, what the government should be considering today. So we pitched um, amongst other, other Saskatchewan tech companies didn't realize it was a competition style. We won. And so it's, it's a bit of cash, but it's also a guaranteed pilot with the government. So um, Central Services picks it up and says, hey, we want to work with Hyon for six months, figure out what they do, what their technology can do, and how can that apply to the current needs of government? And what can we do in six months? And then hopefully, if that six months is deemed successful, what would it look like to be working together beyond right. that? So that's what we're doing. And it's worth noting, Central Services is a massive Allison. Uh, every other government ministry is its own Jordan. I was just going to say, because m- typically they're Jordans where they just want to get rid of something and it's on some, you know, likely a middle manager somewhere to just get rid of stuff. And who's to say he's not, he or she, or they are not just giving it to their friends to go sell and make money on it or, or something like that. There's very little accountability, especially if you have a Jordan type organization. So it's a cool, it's a cool problem, a problem that um, even us as taxpayers are probably not aware of and things like that, that you guys are solving, which we're going to be attempting to solve, which is um, why I wanted to outline that because I think it's so interesting. Um, it's not just a government problem. You have offices across North America right now that are are closing up their office and, and having employees work from home. Exactly. Companies renovating, companies liquidating assets. So you look at surplus, it's not just a government thing. I think this is, this can be applied to, um, to large business, small business business, you know, Jordans and Allison's are everywhere. 
Yep, you're right. Uh, so the the other thing I want to touch on is in a previous episode, we talked about how us at Central Referral Solutions and specifically, obviously, our product Clinect, we decided that we were going to bootstrap. We decided that that was the way forward for us. We wanted to keep the company within our hands. And we also realized that institutional investors probably wouldn't be as interested in a company like ours with a a smaller addressable market than yours. You guys have chosen to go a different way. Do you want to talk a little bit about where you're at with that and maybe a bit about the journey that got you there too? Yeah, sure. Um, I did listen to your previous podcast about bootstrapping and I think you referenced me towards the end of it. (laughs) You're like, this is the way I've gone, but here's a friend who spent a lot of time um, going the other way. (laughs) I did. I hope you're okay Uh, with that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, 100%. Two, two years ago, almost to the day when we started in tech, I thought, why would anyone raise money? Um, And keep in mind, like I've had previous businesses, you don't spend money unless you can afford to spend it. If I have a project that would make me the money back, or maybe I'd lose a little bit, but I could see that this is a valuable asset, I might invest in the asset, but I'm not going to go into thousands of dollars of debt or share my company just because I don't have the users yet. So the idea of fundraising when I got in was ridiculous. I thought it made no sense. Then you get to a point of realizing, hey, if I have this vision and this vision is grander than what I'm capable of doing on my own with my own resources you know, how can I make this happen in less than 30 years? (laughs) Really? And we've been super scrappy, you know, being in the consignment world, I'm frugal by nature. And that that carries through to everything we do in business like that. We've accessed (laughs) hundreds of 1000s of dollars in funding. So we're we're nine employees, but are heavily funded, Uh, myself and my co founder, Blair, who was on the ground level of skip the dishes, We've we've bootstrapped the company. We've taken one angel check uh, a few months ago, and we're just now at the point of saying we completely understand what it is that we're doing, and now we can see the team that we need to build, and we can we can see around the corners and this go to market strategy that we can implement. And the reality is, we you know even if we both sold our houses and uh, ate macaroni for two years, we still probably wouldn't be able to do it with just the two of us. And so yep, that that for us, this is the time to rally a, a community that can support us and um, can get excited about what we're doing. I think it's what I, I, we've had long conversations about this. And I think um, your approach to this is incredibly well thought out. And I completely um, agree with where you guys are at and where you're going. And it's been kind of, it's been kind of fun because for me, I know that I'm not going to go after institutional money, but I get to live a little bit vicariously through you and your (laughs) stories around it too, which is, which is kind of fun for, for me. And, and I get to learn you know, shoulder to shoulder with you each week, just hearing about it and things like that, which has been amazing for me too. So that's exciting. So it sounds like you're at the point right now where you've decided that, you know, institutional money is the next way to go. That's, that's going to propel your company forward. And before we wrap up, I think it would be great to hear that little bit of a pitch from you and your company about who you are and a little, a little bit more about where you guys are going. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, well, you should have told me this was coming. All right. Off the cuff. (laughs) The, the, the recall. So I had a a mentor out of the States in Atlanta. Uh, He sends me this article the other day and the article is about how the re-commerce industry is a $52 billion North American industry. And I read this and I'm like, what's the re-commerce industry? (laughs) Oh, 
that's the space that we're in. That's interesting. And uh, and I read this article and it, it's fascinating to me because you look at the other players in the space. So so you could look at Hyon and say, okay, well, are they competing with Facebook Marketplace and the real real and thread up and Poshmark and let go and and Kijiji? What's fascinating about the work that we're doing is ultimately we will be a platform company. And so think of us as sort of the Shopify for consignment, where we have this this valuable user interface and a way of, of connecting users and really furthering what's happening already in the industry and making it more efficient for people to use it. And so we we're, we found this space in, in the e-commerce industry of being able to provide value, get more items onto existing marketplaces, make it easier to keep items out of landfills. And so the types of users that are interested in our platform, it's everything from, hey, we're green and, and we want to keep items in circulation to, hey, I'm cheap or, hey, I'm frugal and I actually need to go this route um, or I want to make some money and, and it's sort of a gig economy. And and talking to investors, they'd have similar motivations. It's either I'm really interested in in how high on can see around corners and can see this as, as a massive opportunity in, in enabling this economy to exist and to kind of drag it into where we should be in this industry, which is more efficient, less gray area. And for corporations and for governments, you know, we're, we're competing with systems in Excel and, and pen and paper, yeah. which almost doesn't happen nowadays. And so, you know, the, the pitch, depending on who we're talking to is just, you know, if you're excited about the kinds of things that we're excited about, there's alignment. And so, yeah, thank you for the you guys for the opportunity to talk about it. This has been fun and my very first podcast. Oh, yay. And I find it so awkward that it's yay. a voice thing and not a video thing because if people listening could see oh, the actions, they they'd see, see all her. kinds of emotion behind <laughs> this call. That's awesome. I'm so so excited for you guys and the journey that you're on because I think um, the opportunity, as you just mentioned, is absolutely immense and it's just been so much fun to be on this ride with you. So yay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks yeah, for being likewise. on. Jonathan, um, send me a note to your camera, please. I don't care how much work it is. I'll figure it out. I need that. I need to look like that on Zoom calls. Thanks for listening to Fixing Faxes, Building a Digital Health Startup. I'm Jonathan Bowers. My co-host is Angela Hopke. And our guest today was Christy Eman. Did I get that right? Yay! Uh, our music is by Andrew Codeman. Follow us on Twitter at Fixing Faxes. You can find us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Oh, we were going to change that and I forgot. Do us a favor and tell a friend. Thanks for listening. That's awesome. I feel like I should have worked on my radio voice before I got on here. Angela, your 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 tone is so awesome. <laughs> oh, just strokes my ego. But this lady, she's just here to between. Like, between your your voice and Jonathan's looks, you guys are a, a full team. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs>